This is Unbottled, the podcast where we actually talk, lifting the lid on taboo subjects and unbottling frustrations around women's health issues. Brought to you by Our Remedy, an award-winning wellness brand that offers sustainably packaged natural remedies for sleep, periods and anxiety. I'm Rachel, your host, and in the past few years I've been through some serious health issues. I don't think we speak about these subjects enough, so I started to share my story in the hope it would help others too. Well, it turns out other people are happy to share theirs. So you'll find us talking about lots of health issues that people with periods go through. Recently, I was talking to someone who said the work they did with us led to them to do research on endo. This then led them to get a diagnosis and treatment, and it's what inspired this episode. I reached out to some people on our Instagram to see if anyone wants to talk to me about their journey with endometriosis so we can raise some awareness. If you didn't know, endo is a condition where tissue similar to the lining of the womb starts to grow in other places, such as the ovaries and fallopian tubes. It can cause really painful periods among many other symptoms. One in 10 women actually suffer from it, so it's a really important subject to raise some awareness on. Today we're talking to Jess, and I'm really excited to hear her story. Okay. Hi Jess, thank you so much for joining us today and talking to us about this really, really important subject. Oh, um, thank so you just, for you're welcome. So we're just gonna dive straight in and tell us about your journey on discovering that you had endometriosis. So I've always had really bad periods. I, I think I started my periods when I was about 13, but it was about 15 when I started getting like excruciating pains um really heavy bleeding just it just didn't seem normal like compared to my other friends it, it like my period seemed to be horrific but I just thought um because it was kind of like nobody knew about endometriosis really I don't think 13 years ago it wasn't like a big a big thing so I kept going to the doctors and saying, look, I think something's wrong. And they just shoved me on the pill, which I feel like a lot of people have had that problem. They just shoved me on the pill because I was getting my periods every two weeks as well. So there were like wow. really heavy periods every two weeks. So I just felt exhausted. So they shoved me on the pill and just basically told me, you're just a person with bad periods. Like you need to kind of deal with it. So I was like, right. Okay. Brilliant. Um, and it just, over a period of years, it started to just get worse and worse. I then started to have really bad bowel problems, um, like really bad cramps. I'd go to the toilet all the time. It'd be quite painful, especially painful whilst having a number two on the toilet. I know that's gross, sorry. <laughs> While you're on your period, it was, it was really painful. Um, and I kept going to the doctors about that and they just said, look, you've just got chronic IBS. Um, here's some tablets and kind of deal with it again. So I was like, right, okay. And then about three, three years ago, maybe I started getting really bad pains while urinating on my periods. And I thought, well, this is really weird. Is, do I have a water infection? But then it would go when my periods went. So I thought that was really weird. And I kept going to the doctors and it was quite mortifying really because they would be like, oh, have an STI check and all of this. And I was single for five years. Like I, I wasn't doing anything at that point. I kept saying to them like, no, no, it's, it's not. That's just on my periods. Like, please, like something's weird here. And then it started to, it just got worse and worse and worse, especially with my bladder. And my new partner who I've been with now for about two years, his mom's a midwife nurse. And I would be at her house, like crying in agony on the floor throughout the nights. And 
she just said to me, she said, it sounds like you've got endometriosis, like all these symptoms you have, like pain with sex or the chronic, you know, heavy bleeding, chronic pain, your bowels, your bladder. She was like, it does sound like endometriosis because she deals with people with endometriosis a lot as a midwife and nurse. So I thought, let me just get checked. And, and when I, at the time I was living in Birmingham, but then I'd moved, I'd moved out elsewhere and joined a new doctors and my doctors in Birmingham were absolutely rubbish. So I thought, let me try these new doctors and just ask for a referral. So I asked if I could go and see an endometriosis specialist and straight away they were like, yeah, that's fine. They referred me. And then I went for my first scan and I kind of, I don't know what I was expecting. I think I taught myself out of it at this point and just thought, no, you've just got bad periods. You just that, you know, just got bad periods. And I went and then they did like an ultrasound scan and then an internal scan. And the doctor's words were literally like, it's a mess in there. Like you've definitely got endometriosis. You need to have further scans and treatment. So that was kind of the start of that endometriosis journey then, I guess. But it took me nearly 13 years to get diagnosed so that's crazy because yeah you say you, it started when you were 15 that's when you started yeah. thinking these periods aren't normal that's such a long time to go through that well like you say twice a month as well like so you have oh. if you're having periods every two weeks literally I would be I remember the one day I was at the cinema and I, I was in white skinny jeans and I was with my friends and because it would just come on and I wouldn't even know. So I was on my period basically all the time. And I was like, oh my God, no, like it was more fun. <laughs> oh, bless you. It, it sounds so tough. So tough. How, so you found doctors at first were just like go on the pill. Obviously you found your own way to discover endometriosis and that's what it could be. But so no doctor in all these years suggested that it might be endometriosis. No, they kept, I remember the one day the doctor was like, have you been listening to Dr. Google and all this? And I was like, what? I was like, I've come into, I was getting so many blood tests because I kept saying to them, I'm exhausted. Like I'm literally exhausted. I feel so fatigued. Like I don't feel right. You know your body, especially as a woman. I feel like you know your body. And I kept saying there's something wrong, there's something wrong. And I felt like if one doctor just listened to me back then, I wouldn't have been diagnosed with stage four at this point in my life when I'm nearly 30, I want to have kids and I, I can't, they've told me I, I can't physically do it yet because of the dangers, I need to wait till surgery and then there's, you know, a waiting list and it's just, I feel like if someone just listened to me over a yeah. decade, I wouldn't be in this boat, I could have, obviously the endometriosis would probably still be there and maybe keep coming back but I could be on top of it and having regular surgeries and stuff but yeah so what is the um, next step for you is it surgery so at the moment I've I've had so many scans I'm literally in and out of the doctors um the hospitals every week um I've had so after that I had to go and see the gynecologist and the endometriosis specialist face to face and they did some more scans I've had um I've had like cystoscopies and more ultrasounds because when they did my cystoscopy, they found like blood and stuff in my urine. So they, I know with the hospitals, they always tell you the worst as well. They always throw out the C word and, you know, you're kind of like, oh my God, you hear that. And because you've got no medical background, like most of us, we think, oh my God, I've got cancer or I've got this or, you know, and it's really terrifying. And you know every week you're thinking oh my god is it something worse because I know a lot of the time endometriosis can link to other things as well um 
but they've basically they keep doing scans on me i've had like mris and stuff and so far so good um there's nothing i think too dangerous at the moment it's just um they've said it's on my bladder on my bowels um my left ovary is enlarged with an abnormal cyst so i think that still needs to be checked but i don't think there's any um concerns there to be honest otherwise i think it would have been maybe a matter of urgency but yeah um constant scans at the moment I think I'm not sure if they're going to look at my bowels or not yet um but I've got a meeting in March because it's the thing is like my last scan was maybe a few weeks ago but um then they say well we can't fit you in to see the specialist till March then you're waiting four or five months or whatever till you can see them again and I emailed them the other day to say you know am I at least on the waiting list for surgery because that's the kind of option that they've said I really need to do because it's stage four you can't really round the bush with it um so they've said but it's up to two year waiting list so it's 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 just a really long process especially when you're in pain it's just it's not so how have you found the ultrasounds as well because that might be something that worries people it's, this is probably going to sound a bit weird, um, but because my first ever scan where I had the ultrasound, the doctor was quite, I don't know if that's what they, I know they can't sugarcoat things, but she said to me, she was like, how old are you? And I said, oh, I'm 27, nearly 28. And she said, have you got kids yet? And I said, no. And she goes, if I'm going to be honest with you, she's like, you'll have to wait till after your surgery, but you should be doing it sooner rather than later because you might have problems with fertility and sometimes people with endometriosis do. So in the back of my head, I'm freaking out a bit like, oh my God, I'm going to have to have kids soon. Um, what if I can't? What if there's problems? Um, and I've had to have another ultrasound since then because um, I think they were checking my kidneys because of the blood in the urine. And I, I kind of feel like in my head, I was thinking, is this the only time I'm going to be able to have an ultrasound? Like, is this what the feeling would feel like? But, you know, will I ever have that experience? But the ultrasounds are fine. I think it can be a little bit emotional if they're saying there's fertility issues because that's quite personal, I think, to women. Um, the in the internal scan um, that they do with the ultrasound, it's not that bad. It's a little bit like... Um, like a smear almost but not as uncomfortable as a smear but yeah. I wouldn't say they're um the worst part of it maybe the worst part is like the cystoscopies and the colonoscopies and stuff really they're a bit more personal yeah yeah I've had um an internal ultrasound I mean it it kind of just looks like a big vibrator really a camera on the end that's literally what it looks up. like yeah I know quite a lot of people do worry about stuff like that so I just wanted to hear your experience because personally I don't think it's too bad it's it's a bit yeah not as bad as a smear and I don't think a smear is too bad so yeah. hopefully that puts some people's mind at ease if they're worried about that they're not clamping do they clamp you I don't think they clamp no. you do they no. internal one so no I would say not, normally yeah it's just it's just horrible having someone fiddle with you and I feel like people doctors at the moment are constantly fiddling with me and I'm like oh stop yeah I feel your pain there so you're saying that you're obviously still in pain now and you might have this huge long wait how do you manage your day-to-day symptoms of pain so I've had to stop my periods um one thing they offered me was a hysterectomy and obviously for someone who hasn't had kids if that was 10 years time I'd probably take it if I'd had my children um 
but for someone who hasn't got kids and when they kind of throw that at you it's it's quite emotional really quite scary and it's quite a you know traumatic operate not traumatic but not a nice operation and I was like no that's not the option I want so they said what well, the best thing you could do for your pain at the moment is to stop your period so I'm on this pill um I've got it here actually I don't know Sarazet. I don't really like it I'll be honest I don't think it's great for my hormones um I think it's kind of took my libido away as well it's not it's not the greatest pill but the pain it's way worth that than having the pain that I was having because it was just like having a permanent UTI and there's just nothing worse than a UTI I think everyone will know that if they've had one yeah. <laughs> how I deal with it is just just kind of like easier sex because um, I think certain positions can maybe push on things and make it uncomfortable and then um you know take not having periods for me so when you're at work do you well, how do you deal with it if you have this pain at work or your work understanding are you able to be honest with them and say you have endometriosis so I'm a frontline worker so this has really kind of affected my work because my work was out on the streets a lot um so what I've kind of done is I've spoken to occupational health we're quite lucky I have an occupational health nurse who's really good to me I mean my work have been really good so they've kind of reduced my hours because I got diagnosed with um fibromyalgia as well along with I know a lot of people with endometriosis tend to get diagnosed with that um so they they've kind of reduced my hours and then I'm restricted at the moment so I don't go out on the streets and deal with stuff there I kind of deal with in-house things and cases and stuff like that um so that kind of puts me out of um, confrontation and things. And the reason I did go restricted because I still was out out of house for a bit. Um, but I was I need the wee or need the wee need a wee all the time. And my bladder can't hold basically anything. Like when they showed me the inside of my bladder, you could see um, from the outside the endometriosis like protruding in. Um, so it, I just feel like my bladder is crushed all the time so I can barely drink anything and then I need a wee so it just wasn't helpful if I was at a scene or uh, you know with somebody and I was just constantly needing the toilet it's just not professional so I just thought I'll be somewhere where there's always a toilet I'll be in and um, that's how I'm kind of dealing with it with work so it just kind of take over your life a little bit it really, really does doesn't it I mean that's amazing that you have got a workplace where you can be honest and understanding but also that's really such a shame to hear you are a frontline worker you're trying to help people if you just had this diagnosis a few years ago you could potentially still be doing your job role and helping yeah. people it's such a shame it is frustrating because I kind of feel I don't want to be restricted I want to go out there and help people and do the full job to its potential and I feel like when you're restricted I'd, I'm quite a career-driven person and I feel like I'm letting other people down because I can't do everything at the moment. And I just want to get my surgery heal and get back to it and get back out there. And it, it is difficult. It is difficult. Um, what advice would you give to anyone that thinks they might have symptoms of endometriosis? I would just say push, 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 because I wish that someone had mentioned this to me over a decade earlier. And so I could just push with the doctors because when I, 
when I asked my new doctors straight away, they were like, yeah, I think it was starting to come in endometriosis and there was starting to be a bit more research there. So they were aware of it. I think it's like one in 10 women now have it. So I think happy to refer people. I just would say definitely just go to the doctor and go and get a scan because what what are you going to lose? You're either going to get your diagnosis and get help or you haven't got it. Brilliant. And just check for other things or maybe you've just got dodgy periods because sometimes we do just have worse periods and also I would like to point out you actually are totally within your right to ask for referrals to specialists and also ask to change doctors and ask for second opinions everyone is within their right to do that so if you don't don't necessarily have to take the first word of the first doctor you speak to you can ask for all these things you're within your right to do that absolutely because I do feel like I kind of have a love-hate relationship with GPs I feel like they they can quite easily neglect people I think the hospitals are great but I do think the GPs sometimes cannot be the best yeah, I think well, probably- a GP is a general practitioner they they have an overview of kind of everything don't they so that is why I do think you have to push to see specialists you really do That's- and they the amount they deal with every day is so much so you do have to push for it yourself yeah I think people can be complacent and kind of just you know fob you off sometimes so I think if you just say give me a referral you don't have to deal with me then I can go to a specialist so they yeah. tend to be okay with referrals I'll be honest yeah and what about someone that has just been diagnosed is in the early stages of learning about endometriosis you've got any advice you'd give them there's so many great videos I think I watched loads and loads of videos on YouTube because I didn't understand it I did I thought I'd heard about it because I had a friend growing up who had it um but I didn't really understand the science behind it and why it would and what would help it. So I definitely think there's a lot of um, videos and research out there, especially like I think the NHS have got um, quite a few pages on their website about it. But there's um, forums on Facebook as well. I joined mm-hmm. a few forums and you can just talk to people who are like minded, who are feeling the same. I mean, I think I'm crazy half the time. And then I look on these forums and someone's posted exact same things that they're going through that I feel like I'm going through. And I'm like, oh my God, somebody else. Like, you know, it's just relatable, isn't it? Another girl going through the same thing. And you just feel comfortable to talk on there. I mean, I will say there's a bit of trigger warnings on there because a lot of people are maybe infertile or potentially have worse conditions with it as well, like cancer and things like that. So it can be quite um strenuous sometimes reading some of the things on there but it's definitely a good way to kind of interact and they can give you loads of advice as well yeah I totally agree Facebook support groups are incredible like I've everything I've been through I have different support groups for different health issues and they're amazing and I'm I'm the sort of person that actually tries to see positive in something so it, it can be quite a negative place and I know you just mentioned that and you do need to know that and obviously be realistic but at the same time what I found is if I wanted to read some positive stories in these groups, there's actually um, a search option and you can type like positive stories. And, and there are there are people on there that post about their experience and good, ha- good things have happened. So they can be a negative pace and they can feel quite overwhelming, I think. But you kind of do have to take a pinch of salt sometimes. And yeah, like you say, use it for advice. It's a really great place to speak to people that have the same problems. It is great. That's a good point as well is I I always believe in trying to find a silver lining in everything and 
you know, sometimes I feel like maybe we're giving these journeys, although they're difficult journeys and not the most comfortable, but maybe it's to spread awareness and help other people. And, you know, I, I kind of see it as, because the doctors have told me there may be problems with getting pregnant or carrying a healthy baby full term and things like that. But I just think, well, when I have my healthy, happy baby, because I know I will one day, it will be a whole journey that I've overcome to, and I'll appreciate that baby so much more. And it will be a big journey, you know, that God gave me that I can tell other people. So I do think there's always silver linings in everything. Yeah, it definitely makes us stronger. It definitely makes us stronger, doesn't it? um, just to finish off have you got any any sort of top tip or anything you'd just like to finish with I think just god top tips I think just try and stay in a good mindset headspace because I feel like it really can consume you and I feel like I mean last year I think when I I think I got diagnosed in May and the amount of tears I've given to it and energy I've given to it. And I just think, where's that getting me? That's not improving my health at all. In fact, it's probably making it worse. Um, just definitely like just stay in a good headspace and just think, you know what, we've got the technology out there now. We can have our surgeries. It may come back, but we can have another surgery. And especially in the UK, we're so lucky because we get it for free. You know, unfortunately, on these groups, when I see like there are Americans and stuff, we're paying a fortune to get their surgeries and stuff. So I just think the specialists there now, there's the education there now with it. So, you know, just see the positives. And I just, I honestly think everything's about mindset. I think if you know, I'd say every day to myself, you know, I'm healthy, my body heals itself. Um, I know I obviously need the surgery to get rid of it, but just believing in yourself. And I will say, I don't really want to touch on it's kind of a hard one really because I feel like I should I'm not a medical expert so I shouldn't really advise it to an extent but not having periods for me definitely helped me with my pain I'm not saying everybody should go on the pill and stop their periods um but endometriosis gets worse every period um the science behind it don't ask me you, you probably know all about this yourself but every period it gets worse and worse and worse so for me stopping it it's kind of put it on pause so I feel like I put it on pause so it can't get worse because my bladder honestly it got within six months it got horrific the last couple of years um and then since I stopped my period about a year and a half ago it's it's I just feel a lot better I'm not saying there's no discomfort or anything at all but that definitely helped me but obviously whatever suits people because yeah I mean it's something that potentially someone could have a chat uh with their doctor about that so that's a really good tip yeah, yeah definitely yeah. well thank you so much that has, that has actually been a bit emotional I've had a little couple of tears in my eyes at one point. I don't know <laughs> you know. um, but that was really lovely thank you so much for being so open and honest and sharing that journey and I'm sure everyone listening has really really appreciated that well thank you so much for having me I really enjoyed it I'll speak to you later see you later bye, bye. Wow, what an inspiring story that was. I actually did have a few tears in my eyes at one point. I'm so thankful for Jess coming on and sharing that story. If you want to share her story or watch it back, it's going to be on our Instagram page as well, which is at It's Our Remedy. Thank you so much for listening today.